This is the Pro Wrestling Report, the longest-running pro wrestling news program in the world, with your hosts, David Hero and Damian Nelson. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Report, prime time live. It's Wednesday, October 27, 2017. Damian Nelson here starting off this journey with Matthew Thomas. We're going to be joined in just a few minutes by several others here on this podcast. Thank you for listening to us here live on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. And for those of you listening after the fact on our podcast, where you can get that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, Pod Addict, Pod, whatever, uh, we thank you for subscribing and downloading and listening to the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime. Matthew, we got a lot to talk about this week. Of course, TLC was last Sunday from the WWE. We had Raw, which was a significant uh, moment uh, to end Raw this past Monday night, and also uh, SmackDown, where I was there live, actually, with David Hero. We'll be talking about that l- later as well. But a newsworthy week for sure, and we're also going to talk about the big news coming out of Impact Wrestling, where they have terminated their agreement with both Global Force Wrestling and Jeff Jarrett, and some sad video that actually has uh, hit the web regarding that entire situation as well. And Matthew, with that, we also will have all of the details on our big party coming to WrestleMania weekend, shenanigans in New Orleans. Uh, you know what? It, it, we, we, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but the deal we have arranged for this year's event is absolutely fantastically tremendous and it is going to be the only wrestling event that will be taking place literally on bourbon street balcony included so get those beads ready as we uh give you all the details on shenanigans coming to new orleans as part of wrestlemania weekend but first matt let's uh first i guess actually how the hell are you here on wednesday night i'm fantastic and all of that news that you just uh kind of briefed us on to start off the show like we had a lot of news after we did the show last week you and i sat here and made our tlc predictions little did we know that card was going to get shuffled around as much as it did uh, I think shuffled is an understatement. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, though. We talked about TLC. All of that became a moot point uh, because of this illness outbreak in WWE, which we'll talk about later as well. And Kurt Angle being added to the show in his first return to the wrestling ring in WWE. Uh, and and uh, AJ Styles taking the place of Bray Wyatt coming over from SmackDown, which would be no, new, newsworthy uh, for what would happen on Monday night. But yeah, TLC got shaken up in a big way, and it did deliver, I think, this past Sunday on the WWE Network. I want to talk with you, though, Matthew, about a couple of the matches, and namely the first match is that matchup between Finn Balor and AJ Styles from Sunday at TLC. Now, the moment this match was announced, I, as a fan of both, said, damn, this is going to be a great wrestling matchup, and quite frankly, I was more intrigued by this shotgun match, if you will, than I was with the matchup that was originally to take place, which was Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. As we talked about last week, that 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 um that feud and that angle, if you will, is, is sort of fallen flat with a lot of fans, including this one. But 
they did deliver, did Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Here's one thing I was surprised by, though. I didn't think, and I said this on Twitter when a fan engaged me, um, that I didn't think we would see the Demon on Sunday at TLC. Now, they had told us that we were going to because it was going to be the Demon versus Abigail, Sister Abigail, but there was no necessity for the Demon to face AJ Styles. Were you a bit surprised by that, or did you feel that this was the right way to go with Finn Balor using the Demon persona Not at necessarily TLC because Sunday? it had been told beforehand that he was going to wrestle as the Demon, so you got to give WWE credit. They erred on the side of over-delivering for this pay-per-view when they realized that they could not put it on as planned, especially with this not being the reunion of the Shield. Uh, instead of just trying to, you know, just kind of mark it off with some so-so matches, they over-delivered. This is a match that people have been talking about for years since both of these guys, or the last couple of years since both of these guys have been in the WWE. And I think it worked on several capacities because it was kind of thrown together like this. They didn't have to worry about building up the age J. Finn storyline. When does it make sense when you have one of these guys working as a heel? So I think they were able to get away with it kind of as a one night only deal because it was a replacement for some guys being down. So now I wasn't surprised to see the demon because they had advertised the demon going up against Balor. So I think in the situation they were in in the latter part of last week, they were, you know, going out of their way not to let anybody down and to absolutely over deliver, even if it meant going ahead and giving away this match, giving away the angle return without a build and without uh, more than two or three days uh, preparation for it. Yeah, well put. Uh, And, you know, they had several options, too. They they could have just canceled that matchup uh, between Balor and Bray Wyatt and not done a replacement because it takes some explaining, basically, to tell us why AJ Styles is coming over from SmackDown uh, to replace Bray Wyatt when they had so many talents on Raw that could have done the same thing. So... I think they knew that they had to, since they were sort of, I guess, replacing the matchup or placing Bray Wyatt as one of the participants, that they felt they had to give us a great match, and that they did. These two men performed, they executed, they delivered in that ring as we knew they would, and more importantly, after the matchup, we saw a little uh, tribute to the past and the current, which is the little too sweet motion referencing the Bullet Club. Was that surprising to you, I think they needed to do it. Um, They've kind of shot away from that since everybody's been in the WWE. You know, we got the very stale incarnation of the club with Gallows and Anderson. But, you know, that's something that hopefully is still there down the road that when they're burned out of things to do with all four of those guys, you know, and they all end up on the same brand, that is still something hopefully they can keep in their back pocket and something I think they can still make money off of. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the match? It was fantastic. Both guys uh, worked like I was expecting them to work, and uh, it was just a a really good face versus face match that really delivered. And what was so good was you could tell that the audience appreciated it. They knew what they were getting. They were enjoying every moment of it. So I think it it delivered on on many levels. It did. Uh, Perhaps we will see these two face off again in the future. Um, And perhaps they're all they're actually going to be on opposing teams as the Survivor Series we found out is basically brand versus brand. It's uh, seemingly what 
Night of Champions should be, Clash of Champions should be, because all the matches are champion versus champion. And we'll talk about that a bit later on, because Brock Lesnar did answer the challenge of uh, Jinder Mahal for Survivor Series. But I agree, this was an amazing matchup. Actually, I said that on Twitter, at Damian Nelson on Twitter. An amazing matchup between these two. And I think it helped Finn Balor a lot. I think Finn Balor needed this to show everybody how great he is as opposed to the silliness he's been involved with with Bray Wyatt. Now, when Bray comes back, which should be within a a week or two here, when Bray comes back, do you still want to see this match? you want to see them pick it up back where they left off? Or is it best to just sort of walk Uh, away from it? If they walked away from it, it would surprise me. I don't think that the Sister Abigail thing has been met with a lot of enthusiasm. It's been met with a lot of confusion and a lot of bewilderment. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's probably the best move at this point to walk away from it because you had Finn getting the win over AJ Styles, which was absolutely the right way to go. Finn would benefit from a victory. AJ wouldn't necessarily benefit from a victory here. AJ Styles is already AJ Styles. He's already held the WWE title. Finn had the most to gain or lose from this match. So 100% the uh, the right move there. And to be quite honest with you, Finn going back into a program with Bray Wyatt, even if the plan is for him to go over, which it most likely is, I feel like uh, it kind of distorts the momentum a little bit. I think he needs to ride this momentum from the victory over AJ Styles. And even if he's to go in there and walk all over top of Bray Wyatt, I think that Bray Wyatt program, especially with it being as big of a cluster as it is with Sister Abigail, just kind of brings him back down a little bit to amusement level. Well said. So also on TLC on Sunday, we had the debut of Asuka, who defeated Emma in what actually was a pretty damn good matchup, more than I thought we'd be getting out of Emma. Uh, But Asuka made her big spectacular debut. It's what the fans have been waiting for. At least that's what WWE tells us. What'd you think of the matchup? What'd you think of her performance and presentation on the main stage? I thought it was good. I was really impressed with Emma. Emma got uh, a lot more in-ring action than I was expecting to see. I did not necessarily expect her to put up quite as big of a fight. Uh, I thought it worked. I thought it worked on Sunday. I thought it worked again with the rematch on Monday. Asuka was able to win decisively, but it wasn't necessarily the squash match that a lot of people were expecting. Again, I think the takeaway from this is Asuka looked good in her debut, but uh, Emma also really getting a fairly lengthy match against somebody who uh, was brought in with a lot of fanfare. So I think they did the right thing. Both of these matches and both of these uh, women came out looking looking good from it. Are you a fan of Asuka? Uh, it remains to be seen. Point? I think Asuka has something that Nakamura doesn't. So Asuka is, just with her in-ring persona, is able to emit a little bit more of personality, a little bit more of kind of this uh, this kind of danger they're trying to build up. She just seems, the, the charisma that she has is more standard charisma. What they try to promote with Nakamura with charisma is basically him running around shaking, looking like he's having a seizure every match. And you keep packaging that. Right. The announcers, oh, there's a charismatic, uh, the charisma he's showing there, really? I mean, because that's, it's just kind of a little bit strange to me. You know, so I think with Asuka, what they're trying to promote is her charisma comes across more to the average viewer as charisma. So I think that there's more that she can do there just in the confines of a match to kind of come across 
as charismatic, but also dangerous at the same time. So there's a little bit more personality that already seems like it's popping up there just in the two matches she's had so far. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely not. And I, I guess you could sort of question the comparison between her and Nakamura, but it's the fact is that they are both Japanese stars who uh, probably aren't able, and we le- at least know this is the case with Nakamura, aren't able to uh, communicate as effectively due to the language barrier. And we'll see what happens down the road here with Asuka. I was, I, it was a good match. And again, I don't know if it was Asuka who made Emma look that good or if it was Emma who made Emma look that good, but I, I'm not going to worry too much about it because I was entertained more so by the matchup than I thought I would be. We also had a brand new cruiserweight champion crowned at TLC. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes with the man they call Meathead when he joins us. And later on, we're going to talk about the main event, which is the Shield and Kurt Angle versus the team of The Miz, which included Cesaro, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Kane, who uh, also had a significant role in that matchup uh, Sunday at TLC. And we'll talk about all that later on here as the Pro Wrestling Report primetime continues. But Matthew, I want to move on to something else that happened. Uh, and this was actually hap- this actually happened on Monday night on Raw, where it was interesting because you had AJ Styles there on Sunday, obviously, and they were again. We talked last week about you know with with Kane's return and how sometimes things are right in front of us. And earlier or Sunday night on TLC, they were talking about how AJ Styles had flown back from South America, South Asia, wherever he was, and you know went through all these efforts to get here, sort of telling us that the SmackDown team is away. And then on Monday, you see Shane McMahon pop up on Raw confronting Kurt Angle in, in a non-confrontational fashion, simply saying, under siege, and then buttoning, buttoning that all up later in the show when Shane and the entire SmackDown roster, quote-unquote entire, there was no Orton, there was no Owens. Owens had something going on, by the way. Um, but the, the SmackDown roster comes in and invades and attacks most of the Raw roster backstage. How did you feel about the delivery of this, what should be a fairly significant moment where they're doing sort of a, you know, SmackDown going rogue and putting the Raw roster under siege? Obviously, it fits in with the Survivor Series and what they're doing there, but how did you feel about that last 20 minutes or so of Raw with the implementation, the delivery, if you will, It was very strange to watch. The only thing that I can compare it to was the NXT invasion back seven or so years ago. And it was because it wasn't just uh, we're invading and we're going to tell you that we're going to beat you at Survivor Series. No, we're invading 15 guys strong and we're going to beat you down 15 on one, 15 on two. It was very, very interesting. But at the same time, the question that was in my mind as I'm watching it and again as I watched uh, SmackDown last night was how does this not turn an entire roster, an entire show heel? Because this was a very deliberate heel maneuver. It had been one thing if these guys came in and you know charged backstage and you had 15 on 15 or whatever, but these guys were seeking out other Raw members and just absolutely beating them down in a gang-style fashion. So I, I was intrigued as it was happening because it's something that's, I think, very risky and very dangerous when you have a self-contained show like a Raw and a SmackDown, but you want to merge the two together. I mean, to me, this was a SmackDown heel turn, and there was no two ways about it. And yeah. my cur- I did have a lot of curiosity right. going into SmackDown last night to see how they would handle it. And uh, I, I think that it's good for building intrigue, but you really – 
run the risk of uh, running into some storytelling problems here if you don't treat this action like what it was. Yeah, it was weird going in the SmackDown last night. Again, I was there live, so some of the stuff didn't translate as well as it perhaps did on TV. But what did was Daniel Bryan actually questioning Shane McMahon on why he hadn't told him about this invasion. So causing a little bit of a rift between the two of them. And let's not forget as well, Daniel Bryan took to Twitter last week and continued the uh, narrative that's out there of the fact that he actually wants to still be wrestling, saying something along the lines of at one point WWE told Kurt Angle he couldn't get back in the ring, yet he is. So does that mean there's a chance for Daniel Bryan? So this could be a, a, a story that festering simmering if you will and going to and maybe going to grow into something bigger but it was on monday when they did it you're absolutely right it seemed like smackdown was turning heel if you will i'm not sure i've gotten enough of an explanation truly as to why the interaction between shane mcmahon and kurt angle was just bizarre and then the fans bless their hearts in green bay were non-reactive yeah. to the entire thing it seemed uh, and and really, I, I, I guess to a degree, I don't know if I care about Mojo Riley beating up Apollo Cruz. You know what I mean? If it's where was Brock Lesnar? You know, if, if earlier Paul Heyman talking about how he was dominant and he was raw and he is a champion, and and talking about you know when he ex- talked about the challenge from Jinder Mahal. So why didn't he get involved? Where was you know where were the big stars in this scenario? They weren't involved. And I think that took things, it's sort of like the WCW invasion when they brought in no knock on them, especially not the first one, Booker T and uh, was it Buff Bagwell? And there was no Goldberg. There was no Sting. There was no Flair. There was no name talents really that came over. And that whole thing sort of fizzled and flopped initially because it wasn't really an invasion. It was a bunch of mid-carters beating up a bunch of other mid-carters. And that's sort of the feeling I got on Monday night. It just wasn't... I think they tried to make it bigger than it was. And ultimately, it delivered very, very flatly. And I still don't even know why they did it. If this is all about the Survivor Series, where the matches are all pretty much already made, and now, of course, we see on SmackDown, Randy Orton's qualified to become part of Team SmackDown. Um, I'm not sure if anyone qualified on Raw. You can have to remind me of that. But if this is only for that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they can get more out of this if they do identify SmackDown as the rogue brand, if you will, and identify them as the heels and, and they be the ones that are, you know, the more aggressive of the two. And I think that could be intriguing. I think that could be well, fun, but I'm not sure that's a little growing. bit further and look at what they're doing with Survivor Series as a whole this year. They're really running the risk of making this uh I don't want to say a non-important pay-per-view, but as best we know, there's going to be no titles on the line. It's all going to be SmackDown versus Raw, and you're going to have champions versus champions, but you're coming into this Survivor Series saying, okay, when I if I, don't, if I miss this or when I wake up on Monday morning, there's probably nothing monumental that's going to change in the landscape of WWE. So I think they're really putting uh, you know their eggs in one basket here. And even back to the days where you had three or four traditional Survivor Series matchups, you typically had the main title defended at Survivor Series. So they're really putting a lot here. I mean, it's it's what they're quintessentially doing is making Survivor Series a combination between Night of Champions and bragging rights. And I think you just really run the risk of 
not really having the feel as this being being a major Survivor Series pay-per-view when you make it all about Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah. And and why do I care about Alexa Bliss versus Natalia? You know what I mean? I, I just how am I gonna get there? And we've got four weeks and I'm glad they, you know, sort of took off running with this initially last night or over the last two nights on Raw and SmackDown, but at the same time, you know, why why do I why am I gonna care about these matches? What's gonna be the, the build up? Where's the heat, as David Hero likes to ask? And I trust that they'll find out figure out a way to do it, but if this was that on Monday night it fell flat. It didn't achieve the goal. Without a doubt. And if this was a pay-per-view where they had decided they were going to consolidate all the titles and unify all the titles, it would be one thing. This would be a major pay-per-view. But you really run the risk of unfortunately going in, making this as big-time a match as you have, making it seem like an inco- inconsequential pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, marquee-wise, looking yeah. at it, you know, graphically looking at the matches and all this, like, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like this. But then again, where's my buy-in? You know, I'm, I'm not sure if I care about the people jockeying over the next few weeks to make it on Team Raw or Team SmackDown. And at the end of the day, what does anybody get out of it? You know, it's it's a it's a one-off. Uh, what's the achievement? What's the accomplishment? As you said, no championships seemingly will be on the line. So then why do I care? I mean, maybe the, the maybe the spectacle is that these are matches I can't see otherwise, and maybe there's going to be some good pairings. Um, but you know, Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar as a match, bell to bell, I I'm not intrigued. You know, there, there there's nothing special there. Uh, for that matchup, and I think they got a lot of work to do to make us all believers. Yeah, you and will. you're running the risk of having some of these one-on-one feuds cooling down too. So stop and think. You've got four weeks for to build to Survivor Series. So basically, it, that's going to be the build here. Now, where the other feuds you had, we saw a little bit of a tease to Ziggler and Rude for next week, but a lot of these one-on-one feuds, the deal with yeah. Zane and uh, Shane and Owens, that whole picture where now everybody's Go Team Blue, go Team Red. You're really going to have a month where you're going to have a lot of these individual feuds cool off. So after Survivor Series, when you have to either pick these stories back up or create new stories, you're really going to have a month where these people on each individual brand, there's really no self-contained feuds there. Nope. There certainly are not. Uh, well, we'll see what the Survivor Series ends up delivering in just a few weeks here. Um, you know, and, and standing there in the Bradley Center on Tuesday and, and looking at Jinder Mahal as the champion and the promo he cut, I mean, it's just there's a boredom there <laughs> that uh, I don't know how they get over. And I think that I appreciate all that they're doing and taking this chance, if you will, with Jinder Mahal. But I think it's overall diminished the brand on the blue side to a degree where the shows are just sort of falling flat. You know, Nakamura is not over. Uh, Orton is the biggest star they've got. Jinder Mahal is their champion. Owens is great. Sami Zayn, by the way, was fantastic on Tuesday. And the matchup he had with Randy Orton was a tremendous matchup, a lot more brutal than I expected it to be. Um, and those are those are some of the shining lights, shining stars, if you will. But And Charlotte Flair, obviously, is great. 
the Usos. Or maybe maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. The Usos are great. New Day's great. Um, I like the team of Benjamin and Gable. Um, I, I you know I, I think that it needs to have a little bit more substance, if you will, outside the ring. But maybe it's that it's just not all being put together nicely in or in a way that. It actually builds intrigue. Yeah, and it ultimately comes back to, and I hate to say this, but no matter what they do, no matter what show they have the major WWE title on, SmackDown, nine times out of ten, always falls by the wayside and gets that SmackDown treatment. And you would think on paper now, okay, SmackDown has the WWE title. Raw has the universal title that was just created to have a title on Raw. SmackDown should be the A-show but no matter what happens, you, you could you could do that for a few. It seems like, you know, a couple of months, but it always comes back to WWE prioritizes the treatment of Raw. They prioritize the stars they have on there. They prioritize the crafting of the segments there to make it feel important. And no matter what, no matter what year we're in, no matter what title is on what show, no matter what star is on what show, no matter if you record SmackDown or you take it live like it is now, it always unfortunately comes back to seemingly getting the B-show treatment. Yeah. And and I got to give them credit, though. Initially, after the brand split, they didn't do that. SmackDown was the better show. SmackDown had the focus. SmackDown was was good. But ever since the Superstar shakeup, things have been sort of stagnant. And not just on Raw. I'm sorry, not just on SmackDown, but you even know, on and Raw. Maybe it's not WWE's fault per se. Maybe it's just a reflex of the viewer. We've been conditioned since 1993. Monday night is the night for wrestling. I mean, that's the big wrestling night. And SmackDown yeah. has always been kind of shuffled around a little bit, whether it be Thursday or Friday or Tuesday now. So, you know, maybe that's just the reflex of of the viewer. We know we're getting live wrestling on Monday because it's happened for 20 some odd years. And, you know, we can kind of take it or leave it during the rest of the week. Good point. You know, what? another point worth talking about, though, that was sort of a contributor to all of this that we talked about with TLC earlier and, um, you know, the lack of some of the stars for this invasion angle was a, a pretty interesting scenario occurring within the Raw roster right now, which is there are several stars, Bo Dallas, Roman Reigns, and Bray Wyatt, for sure, that we know of that have the mumps. <laughs> and it's not funny, but it's funny because who the hell gets the mumps right. nowadays? That was my first thought exactly. You know, like that's when was the last time the mumps was a reason that uh, anybody from pro wrestling or any sport, you know, had to miss miss action? It's very, I, and honestly, I need to I need to research the mumps a little bit more because I can't say I have a, a huge working knowledge of uh of the most. <laughs> well, well, let me give you let me give you some knowledge. It's a, it's a, it's almost like the cold or the flu. It's an airborne virus, um, and it uh, takes about two weeks, maybe three weeks, for symptoms to actually show up. And then once you have it and those symptoms show up, it can take uh, up to a week or more to go away. So they have uh, WWE actually WrestlingInc.com has uh, published an article about um, the situation and they received a response from WWE. And I'll share that with you now where WWE said in reaction to the story and uh, the story of the talents being tested for the mumps says, and I quote, 
We have confirmed that three of our performers, we told you earlier who they were, Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, have been diagnosed with a viral infection. And as a precautionary measure, we are ensuring in-ring performers and staff are tested and immunized in accordance with recommended medical guidelines. End quote. So WWE confirming that this story is real. Obviously, I mean, their confirmation was all the changes uh, to the card on Sunday that we talked about, but... um, this is I don't recall this ever happening before yeah. uh, an illness, a sickness, a virus taking out uh, several members of a roster. And I think WWE is probably very, very lucky sure. right now that this was sure. no, I mean, you had guys go down for injuries and that type of stuff. But as far as an airborne illness taking out, you know, a substantial amount of people, it's the first time in, in my memory that it's happened. Yeah, and I guess the good news is this is a quick recovery. Um, you know, uh, in, it's not a long-term situation. So if if this prognosis is is true, we would expect to see these stars, these talents, back on WWE programming probably as early as next week uh, if they're lucky. But you know, how do you explain? the absence to the audience. I mean, they did say Roman Reigns was sick, basically. He was suffering from an illness. Um, maybe they don't need to say more than that, but when he comes back, as you know, the speculation needs to be is, what what then does that mean for the Shield? And what role does the Shield play at the Survivor Series? Uh, lots of unanswered questions uh, related to this uh, viral outbreak. Now, apparently, this only impacting the Raw roster. Um, I would imagine WWE being as smart as they are will um, do the same thing for their SmackDown side of things and if there's an immunization for this then why not just go ahead and get it just so that you'll be safe uh, but I guess the, if there's any good news it is again that it is a short period, uh, period of time that these talents will be out and I guess that it happened prior to a random October pay-per-view right. then in April. Well, and maybe, maybe that's what they do with Bray. Maybe they don't pick up the Bray-Finn storyline. Maybe they just go Bray and Roman Reigns into a feud over who gave who the mumps. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me the mumps. No, you gave me the mumps. The mumps. I mean, again, it's not funny, but I, I can't think of a single person in my life I know who's well, ever had I the mumps. Well, and I think, because I'm, I'm, I knew it sounded familiar, I think I was vaccinated for it back like when I was four or five. So I think it is a fairly standard uh, vaccination they do for, for young children, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I believe that to be the case as well. Uh, so, you know, wh- what were your overall thoughts on the presentation um, of, of Raw this past Monday night? We talked about Brock Lesnar a little bit. We talked about um, uh, the invasion angle. There's more that happened, obviously, involving Kane, Braun Strowman, things of that nature. But your overall takeaway is from credit Raw this for past trying night, something different. There's a lot of things that could potentially happen, a lot of holes that you could potentially poke into four weeks of a build for brand versus brand and then having SmackDown come there and quintessentially use these heel-like gang tactics on the Raw roster. Uh, There's a lot of unknowns there, but I give them credit for trying something different. At the very least, it doesn't feel like a standard build to a pay-per-view that uh, I've seen before. So I'm very curious as to how this plays out over uh, over the next four weeks and if it's something that 
grows on me or something that, you know, it starts looking like it, it was a mistake. So again, there's a lot of things that can happen here, but I do give them credit as a whole for doing what they did on the pay-per-view on Sunday and doing what they're doing on Raw as far as just kind of uncharted territory with, with their storytelling. Fair enough. And uh, we are going to now move on and continue our discussions here on Primetime Live, live on Blog Talk Radio Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us wherever you are all over the world here at blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. I want to remind you, if you are listening to us on the podcast version, uh, which is available immediately following this show, uh, it is uh, – provides us with great assistance if you do a couple of things subscribe to the podcast and go especially on apple podcasts rate and review the show we're not asking you to give us five stars however i would like you to <laughs> but uh those ratings and reviews bring the show's notoriety up and its availability up to many more wrestling fans so check that out do that for us and also it does help us tremendously and keeps us on the air and going if you're able to join us live on the Blog Talk Radio website, again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash PWR uh, each and every week, Wednesday nights live here. we got more to talk about, including the big main event from TLC, uh, which involved an attack by Kane on Braun Strowman. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about the SmackDown Live event experience when I'm joined by David Hero later. Impact coming to terms with Jeff Jarrett and him leaving the company. More details on Nia Jax and her leave of action absence rather that we talked about a couple of weeks ago here on the broadcast and big details on the shenanigans party coming to new orleans and more specifically coming to bourbon street as part of wrestlemania weekend we're going to take a brief time out when we come back the pro wrestling report prime time continues here live on blog talk radio meathead joins us next collar and elbow bouts usually began as a contest of balance the opening position or stance featured the hand and arm positioning which gave the wrestling style its name. Contestants faced one another, each placing one hand on his adversary's shoulder and gripping his adversary's forearm with his other hand. This establishes the opening box, prevents bull-like rushes or throat grabs, minimizes disadvantages in height or arm's reach, and prevents deft footwork. Here, the champion squares off with the challenger. Each holds the stance until his opponent forces or permits him to break. And we're back here live on Wednesday night, October 27, 2017. This is the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. I want to thank you all for listening to us live here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. And uh, we are now joined by the man they call Meathead. Meathead, how the heck are ya? Um, hoping that while we have this conversation tonight, you don't utter the safe word, which is Wisconsin. Well, we are you are in Wisconsin. 
for those for those of you that listen that do watch Last Man on Earth, that's the safe word when they're having their kinky whatever. It's <laughs> well, that's, can't mistake that. I guess uh, we've talked about a lot so far here. Busy week in the week of wrestling. Still a lot more to discuss, including the details on our big shenanigans event coming to New Orleans as part of WrestleMania weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. But me, Dad, wanted to go back uh, to talk more about TLC. Matthew and I talked about a few of the matchups. Dave and I are going to talk about the main event matchups later on. But I wanted to get your take on the cruiserweight matches that we saw at TLC. Specifically, we saw a tag team matchup uh, featuring uh, who I think is absolutely tremendous. Um, his name is Gentleman Jock Galaha. That's exactly how you say it, you know. Gentleman Jock Gallagher, yeah. Galaha. The G is silent. There's weird silences silences, is that what you say? Silent stuff uh, that happened. But there was a tag team matchup, Chris Swan involved as well. What did you think of that matchup at TLC this past Sunday night? I enjoyed Jack Gallagher and, uh, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg in his commercial for the WWE 2K18 uh, game. Yeah. Uh, even this guy, he does that great move where he's doing a handstand on the turnbuckle and puts out his foot to stop you. When we saw that <laughs> at, uh, what was it, Fast Milwaukee, and he had his Cruiserweight Championship match against uh, Neville. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I'm like, wow, that is something that you don't see anybody ever do before. Mm-hmm. And he's entertaining. Now, granted, the guy, I weigh more than him. I'm not a big guy. Oh, okay? you're, not a, you're not a Cruiserweight. Tall. I'm not a Cruiserweight either. Neither but, is Sin Cara. I mean, this guy, I, I'm telling you, this guy, I swear to you, could be in the high school musical. Because, <laughs> I mean, he looks like he's straight out of school. <laughs> straight out of school or straight out of Compton? Uh, yeah, straight out of low cash. <laughs> uh, I've taken a liking to Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan, specifically Rich Swan. As of late, I mean, nothing's changed really, but, uh, you know, they had a great match on Raw. I think it was either this past Monday night or the week before, um, and, and then this matchup on Sunday. I'm liking those two as a team. It works, and uh, Jack Gallagher is interestingly unique. Brian Kendrick is just sort of there now, but, you know, he's the rock of the division as far as experience and skill goes. I, I, I enjoyed this match more than I thought I would, Meathead. And, you know, I know why you like Rich Swan. You're having a hankering for some Too Cold Scorpio. And that's Everybody, what, that's what here comes Too Cold Scorpio. Will he make a music video? Oh, that would be great. If Rich Swan made a music video and had all the kids run up to him, oh, my God. <laughs> On the playground, you know. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, full circle. Next up, we did have a new cruiserweight champion crowned at TLC, Enzo Amore, getting the win over Kalisto. He is now, again, the king of the mountain and the cruiserweight champion. What you think of the matchup and Enzo being champion again? It's, it's not so much Enzo being champion. It's Enzo having to cut the promo, and he sounded horrific because of, obviously, what he's going through. Matthew and I talked about it this week on the post show. Who's patient zero with the viral infection? I think it's Enzo. <laughs> well, he's not one of the three named talents. Matthew and I just talked about that. Uh, Bo Dallas, Roman Reigns, and Bray Wyatt. Uh, but when he came out and said he lost his voice, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. I still fast-forwarded, but uh, yeah. No, but uh, you know what? I think it works because... Uh, again, going back a little bit, we talk about when you had Enzo and Big Cass. Obviously, Big Cass is the one that they're going to put forward. That's just a WWE guy right there. But Enzo, as annoying as he is to you and probably everyone else, he doesn't annoy me. I actually pull for the well, guy. Well, that's surprising. I want that. I want that antagonist in the show. Yeah, you know what? His wrestling skill is, is uh, everything. About, I don't even know. I think 
I think you're getting old. Everything about him, I just it just bothers me. I don't know He's an why. Now, I mean, not, not in a good way, though. Not like a cool heel or a, you know, a, a, I get what he's doing kind of thing. It's just like it, it, the definition of cool that he projects is not a definition of cool that I support. That, but sound, still, that sounded very political. But still, he's doing his job. He You're has been right. feeling a certain way. Well, let's not lose sight of the fact, though, that he uh, doesn't have the best of reputations in the business because the obnoxious presentation that he has in the ring and in his promos is the same as he lives as his life, real life. Uh, yeah. which I guess is why it works so well. Um, but he's, well, cha- I mean, he needs to grow. I mean, maybe he needs to grow a little bit and just turn it off when you go through the curtain, because that's when you become the true professional. If you are still obnoxious when you get through the curtain and you're still trying to live the gimmick and it's going to wear thin, ask the man they call me dad. He's been doing it for 25 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you feel good about Enzo being champion, or, or do you want to see yeah. the story continue between he and Kalisto? Yes, let him be champion. Absolutely, I, I enjoy it, and I think that's a good place for him to be because other than he's just a guy selling some merchandise as a heel. Yeah, he's the biggest star they have in that uh, faction, in that brand, I guess you can call it, 205 Live. So it makes sense, I guess, for him to be champion. But you could also argue the fact that he doesn't need to be champion because he is still the biggest star even right. without the championship. Right, exactly. But so would you again, rather see him chasing it, or would you rather see him defending it? No, he's a heel. He has to have it. He has to have people chase him. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, again, we'll talk more about more of the matchups from TLC later on when David Hero joins us. We'll talk about the main event matchup, uh, which involved the Shield, Kurt Angle returning, and then Kane's big attack on Braun Strowman as well. But, Meathead, I want to talk about two other things with you that are happening in the news in professional wrestling this week. One is we have received more information on Nia Jax and her departure uh, from what appears to be a leave of absence from WWE. Now, several people have commented on this, including... um, Alexa Bliss, who said she was just tired and you know needed some time off the road to rest her body. Well, apparently the story was more than that, as Sports Illustrated has actually recently released an article giving more detail on the reasoning behind Nia Jax's departure from WWE, at least on a temporary basis. And I'll read to you, share with you, uh, those comments that we have seen uh, that were just came out, I think, earlier today, actually, uh, regarding Nia Jax. And this was, again, from that Sports Illustrated article, uh, as I pull it up here. Uh, and there was uh, Justin Barrasso, who, who uh, released a new report revealing uh, the full reason for her leave of absence. Now, an excerpt from that report as posted on some wrestling websites, including we're pulling this one here from WrestleZone.com, says, and I quote uh, that, uh, and again, regarding Nia Jax leaving WWE, and this appears to be a temporary situation. You notice how I'm stalling there, Meathead? Um, of course you are. But <laughs> if it would have been a secret if you wanted to set it. No, 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 it became obvious. And I quote, all right, here it is. (laughs) The reason behind Nia Jax's much-discussed leave of absence has been uncovered. As Sports Illustrated learned that Jax balked at the idea of losing clean to Sasha Banks at TLC. Now, Sasha Banks did defeat Alicia Fox at TLC in the pre-show match. And this uh, continues to go on to say she called her cousin, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, to ask for his advice. And Johnson encouraged her to walk away if she was unhappy. Now, with that being revealed, and, uh, you know, I can't knock the advice because, you know, that is fair advice, but 
Nia Jax has uh, been very vocal at times about her disagreement with her utilization in the company, and I think she's been uh, put in a, in a better position as of late. But what's so bad about losing to Sasha Banks at TLC? Why would this be the catalyst? Why would this be the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, for her, in your opinion? All right, let me dial back the pre-show conversation, which was, you know, when we discussed this. The way it sounds now, the way the Rocket said it, it's not saying, hey, if you don't like the way things are going at your work, you'll show them. I don't feel that way anymore. Rock probably giving life advice. Look, if you're not happy, step away for a minute. The stepping away actually worked for Austin. The stepping away worked for others. You know, there was a wrestler once that took his ball and went home. If you're not happy doing what you're doing, find something else to make you happy. However, Nia Jax is, and again, I'm, I'm not in the business, but Nia Jax is still super green. I mean, like, you know, a lawn in the middle of summer green. For her to try to pull a power play because she didn't like the way it was going for her personally, eh, not sure, don't yeah. really like it. Yep. However, again, if you're not happy, find something else to do. It's okay. Come back, you know, step back, try to get back in there again. There's nothing wrong with losing to Sasha Banks. You are such a unique character in this company. One, you're gorgeous. Two, you're what real women look like, really, in our country. Nothing against Sasha, but most real women don't look like that. You know, they're not uh, uh, five foot tall and 100 pounds. I'm going (laughs) to let that stay right there. Sasha, uh, there's nothing wrong with her. But Nia is what a real American woman really looks like. More women are going to relate, I think, to Nia Jax than they might even to Sasha. So you have a shot to be in this business for a long time be you know out in the front out in the stage it's just not your time today here's the thing though you talked about people dropping their or you know dropping the ball or leave grabbing the ball going home whatever it was stone cold steve austin was that person i think it was in 2003 and he yeah. did just that but he was stone cold steve austin as you said me he was the man uh nia Jax is not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think, as you said, she has the uh, the footing, if you will, to stage a walkout. I mean, she she's doing it for herself. That's absolutely great. But WWE moved on and continued without Austin. They will move on and continue even more so without Nia Jax. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, again, uh, if it's about her mental health, you know, as far as taking a mental health day or a mental health break, Cool, do it. I got you. I hear you. I accept it. Let me know when you're coming back. Do you think we'll see Nia Jax back in WWE? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and do you think the first thing we'll see her do when she comes back to WWE is lose to Sasha Banks? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's Sasha, but she will do the J-O-B if she wants to be with me. Oh, nice, nice. Thank you. Folks, uh, this is the Prime Time Live, PWR Prime Time Live. I want to remind you to follow us on our social media channels. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, the brand is at PWR Show. Again, that's at PWR Show on Twitter. We're all on Twitter individually as well. I'm at Damian Nelson. That's D-A-M-E-O-N Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N. And at WCW Meathead, who I'm talking to right now as well. And uh, Matthew Thomas was with us earlier at The Real M. Thomas. David Hero will be joining us later at David Hero. Unfortunately, Robbie E. unable to join us uh, this week due to uh, um, a hospitalized family member. Uh, We wish them best in their recovery, Um, and we will be uh, talking to some others later on here in the broadcast. But I want to move on to another story, Meathead, and that is that of TNA Impact Wrestling. 
which apparently okay. that's their name again. Owned by Anthem Sports and Entertainment out of Canada. They've got Bound for Glory coming up in a couple of weeks. Couldn't even tell you what's happening on that, and I'm not even going to try to research what's happening on that. But <laughs> uh, I believe it's from Ottawa, by the way. But they have announced and did so, I believe, yesterday that they have come to terms on a uh, release, a termination of their affiliation with Jeff Jarrett. Specifically, Jeff Jarrett gone, the man who came back, uh, all this within the last several months, not even a year, I don't think he was back with the company, came back and made it Jeff Jarrett's TNA again, changed the name to Global Force Wrestling, which apparently was never really officially done as far as uh, contracts and names and copyrights and things of that nature. But now they have announced he is gone. Now, a couple of weeks ago, if not a month ago, uh, they announced that Jeff Jarrett would be taking a leave of absence from the company and did not disclose the reasons as to why. Now, we um, have spoken to some people who have told us the reasons why. And uh, unfortunately, a video released this past weekend uh, shows that those reasons, those rumors may have been more true than any of us wanted to believe. And the video I'm referencing was uh, it's available out there on Twitter. You've seen it probably. Jeff Jarrett wrestling at a show in Canada where the promoter alleges, and this is not video evidence of this, but alleges that Jeff Jarrett was passed out drunk backstage after showing up late to the show and literally drank so much when he got to the show that he passed out and had to be reawoken, had to be woken up uh, to go out for his matchup, which they didn't think he could do, but he insisted that he do. And if you've seen the video clip, you can see that Jeff Jarrett is um, not the same Jeff Jarrett that we're used to seeing in this matchup. And if one were alleging, which they are, that he was in I think the evidence is there to show that he probably was. And this was a problem that was identified as uh, his time or during his time in Impact Wrestling as well. As of late, now, I have met Jeff Jarrett. I consider Jeff Jarrett a friend. Uh, I've talked to Jeff Jarrett on this program many, many a time. This is surprising to me. And less sensational, uh, less than the sensationalization of his issues is him seeking the appropriate assistance with said issues yeah. if it is indeed that big a challenge for him. And, uh, you know, his well-being is obviously much more important than anything, but this situation has clearly led to his resurgence in the wrestling business and probably his last chance in the wrestling business being taken away. I don't know if it's the last chance, unfortunately. I mean, uh, well, I say that I say that because he tried to launch GFW. It really went nowhere. Yeah. It came back to Impact. That was probably the last great hope. And now he's got this reputation. This 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 might not be. He might not have another opportunity like he's had. Yeah. Okay. Better worded. Another opportunity like he's had. I think Jeff Jarrett. First off, again, you know, we know people. We know people that have had you know multiple issues that could be going away right now. Mm-hmm. So we we personally know people that are struggling with an issue. All we ask is for them to get help, them to come back. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that we thought would never make it back and we always worried about the day? Look at how healthy Scott Hall looks right now. Yeah, there is, good point. Uh, there is a road back. May, <laughs> maybe Dallas needs to call him. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to you know build a bridge for somebody if they don't want the bridge, but maybe that's where Jeff needs to go. Right. We just hope he gets better. And then let us know about wrestling. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah, have you seen that? I don't think you've seen the video, though, yet, right? No, I haven't seen the video. Okay. Yeah, and it's... being that I've seen other teenage performers' videos, main events, you know, where they've oh. come out and staggered out and performers yeah. have had to 
apologize to the fans. Jeff Jarrett, Victory These Road 2000. Back as well. uh, not Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Hardy, Victory Road 2009, Hardy. I believe it was. When yep, Sting had to apologize to the fans. Yeah. Yep. No, that's but a good you know point. what? There's a road back. Let me know when you're on it, and I'll encourage you the whole way. So what about the future of Impact Wrestling, though? They, they had changed their name to Global Force Wrestling. Uh, you know, they changed the titles. The, 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 all, every, the, all the branding was changed. And now they're right back to where they were, Impact Wrestling. I don't know. Because, again, think about what we've gone through. Let's, uh, let's kind of set up a timeline. 2002, WCW had already been dead for a year. And don't even start the line. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know what you're about to do. Uh, for the fans who don't remember, WCW is a defunct wrestling company that went out of business and was purchased by WWE in 2001. Those employees that no longer had jobs were offered jobs and positions by Jeff Jarrett in 2002, and that's when you got Impact Wrestling. <laughs> went, went to night pay-per-views, right? It grew. Its apex, I think, was when it tried to go head-to-head on Monday nights with Raw's War. They had Hogan. They had Hall, uh, you know, They had Nash. They, <laughs> they had Bischoff. I mean, they had all this name, all this talent. It's been downhill since. Yeah. I don't know if I really just want them to blow the whole thing up and have somebody else start it over again, but they are in so much, I, I don't know if that's the word, they are just in so much mud, so much quicksand. You know the thing about quicksand? The harder you fight in quicksand, the harder it is to get out. That is true. Jeff Jarrett has alleged, though, that Anthem is out of money. Now, they have refuted that report by saying uh, that is not true. Uh, but um, there had been rumors out there that they were in way over their heads. And look, all these people Jeff Jarrett brought in weren't cheap. I'm sure somebody had to pay for that. And obviously it was Anthem as the parent company. But what does this mean going forward? You've got the Chris Masters and the, uh, the Johnny, uh, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impacts that came in. Um, you know, whatever his name is. We know Jim Cornette's gone, uh, and he was somebody Jim brought in, uh, Jeff brought in, and we know he's gone because he said so on his very own podcast, the Jim Cornette Experience. Uh, but what does it mean for the actual, you know, on-screen presentation of Impact Wrestling? How substantially will it change now, and how much more can they change? I mean, quite frankly, it's and and this is I hate having to do this every time we have to have this conversation, which is all far too frequently. <laughs> This is not the talents. It's not reflective on the talents who show up and do a great job. It is the piss-poor management of that company time and time and time and time and time and time time again and bad decisions in the office that have put the stain and the funk on that company. A rebrand was what they needed, but a rebrand to GFW wasn't what they needed. (laughs) Uh, they, they, They need to, I really think, and I've said this before, they need to take six months off. And relaunch as a completely brand new entity. Yes, they need to just literally do an Alundra Blaze, throw the championships in the garbage, (laughs) and go silent and just re... If not for the bad management in WCW, that relaunch that they did, the New Blood relaunch that Monday night, do you remember? The new lighting, the new boards, all the garbage, or all the titles stripped and re-handed out after that? That would have worked. That actually had me interested. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know it's you can only you know a brand can only take so much damage before it is irreparably damaged, and I think right. Impact Wrestling is irreparably damaged. And yeah. perhaps after Bound for Glory, be, all right, do this, do a huge ass angle at Bound for Glory, and let that angle be the reason why you're going away for six months, three months, nine months, whatever it is, 
and come back as new, fresh. Get all your stuff in order because if you're trying to keep the machine going while you're trying to rebrand, rebuild, re-energize the machine, you're, you're, you're sort of working against yourself and that distraction of having to produce the product in the weekly TV gets in the way. Like I said, quicksand, Damien. It's quicksand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the problem is that even if they tried to keep the machine going without you know blowing it up and starting over, how do we know where we're at? I mean, how many months in advance did they tape? A month? Two months? Uh, so I think it's while about we hear this nine news, months now. Yeah. <laughs> while we hear this news, and it's not that we're even going to dirt sheets anymore. We're reading things on Sports Illustrated. We're reading things you know, in the USA Today. We're seeing it on ESPN. We get this news, but we're still watching this show. It's hard to keep interest in it when we know that it's just... Eh. All right. Yeah. Why invest if long-term you don't even know if it's going to be there? Right. So what do you think is next for Impact Wrestling? What do you think they actually do? I think the boys will have a great show at uh, Bound for Glory. I think they're going to work. I hope they get paid. And honestly, I think everybody needs to revisit whatever their contract situation is. I'm actually... I'm actually, because I'm intrigued now, I'm going to look at the uh, Bound for Glory card, and let's talk about it together and see. Uh, I would assume Eli Drake is in the main. He's a champion, yes. Yes. Dummy, yeah. (laughs) All right, Bound for Glory. So the first problem here is I have to look for how to find it on their website. Oh, there it is. I wasn't looking properly. Uh, Tickets are available now, okay. Uh, There's TV tapings as well occurring afterwards. It's going to be in Canada. Uh, They are selling... Uh, $500 tickets for this thing, by the way. Um, I don't see the matches. I, where do I get those? I have no idea. I don't know what's there happening. Time, because, you know, I'm, I'm still watching Nitro for the Nitro reaction stuff that we do on Monday nights. Yeah. Um, they just, the episode we just watched, February, I think it was February 24th, 1997. They had just promoted for the first time ever. Go to WCW.com and listen to the Nitro broadcast in Japanese and in Spanish. And then Matthew goes, is that on a real audio player? Because I, I just downloaded that. I hope it works. <laughs> you want to talk about just tough navigating yeah. you know, on the Internet. <laughs> All, right. All right. I found the matches on, on Wikipedia. All right. So we've got. Uh, <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Team Impact versus Team AAA again. That's a Jeff Jarrett holdover from the Global Force thing. Team sure. AAA is uh, three people whose name I'm not even going to bother to mention against James Storm, Eddie Edwards, and EC3, Ethan Carter the third. Three of the best talents, by the way, in that company. Talents. Six man tag team matchup. Rosemary is going to take on Taya Valkyrie in a uh, first blood match for females. So that's interesting. She's a great hand. Uh, Rosemary uh, or Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary is is fine, but the new one, Valkyrie, I, I like her. Uh, yeah. she really can go. Grotto is going to take on Abyss in a monsters ball match. Now, if Grotto loses, he uh, can no longer work in the United States and must leave the United States forever. Now, what's interesting though, and I didn't even realize this, James Mitchell is going to be accompanying Abyss to the ring. I didn't realize he was back. Wow, one, uh, Daddy's one the, home. Yeah, one of the greatest managers in recent times. James Mitchell back and going to be with Abyss. Now, we also are going to have Moose and Stephen Bonner versus Lashley and King Mo in a six sides of steel tag team matchup. That actually could be pretty dang on good. Um, it's got some MMA action going on in there. Uh, Sienna is going to be defending the championship, her women's championship, against Gail Kim and Allie. That's a three-way match for, again, the Impact Knockouts Championship. And then the Latin American Exchange, LAX, which, of course, is Homicide, Santana, Ortiz, Conan, and Diamante, versus Ohio versus everything. Dave Christ. O-V-E. 
and Jake Christ. <clears throat> Trevor Lee is going to take on Desmond Xavier, along with Matt Seidel and Petey Williams, Sanjay Dutt, and Garza Jr. in an Ultimate X match for the Ultimate, I'm sorry, for the X Division Championship. That's fantastic, by the way. Some tremendous talents in there. I'm so happy Petey Williams is back, by the way. Like that alone. And doing the Canadian Destroyer. That alone almost made me start watching Impact again. Um, <laughs> but uh, the main event is indeed a singles match for the Global Championship. Again, another GFW holdover. Uh, it's Eli Drake, who will be with Chris Adonis going up against Johnny Impact. So these matches, as we talked about earlier, this is a good card. This is going to be a good show. Right. But, but how do we flush out all the other garbage that's going on with them and know what's going on? Exactly. And maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't worry about it. Maybe we should watch Bound for Glory. I assume it's on pay-per-view. Uh, there is, uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to watch Bound for Glory because it's on the Fight TV app. Uh, and I have access go. to those shows, and that's F-I-T-E Fight, Fight TV, where uh, the Pro Wrestling Report is also available on that great platform. All you need to do is go to the iTunes Store or whatever your uh, Google Play Store, and download the Fight F-I-T-E TV app, and uh, you get access to all this great content uh, on there as well. So sorry for that plug there, but I had forgotten to throw it in. Um, but yeah, this is a match. This is a card that I'm probably going to at least skim through because there should be some good action. I think so. And uh, again, uh, the moment Eli Drake showed up in the company, I knew. Remember we talked about antagonists? That guy's an antagonist. And he's irritating, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. This is their 13th Bound for Glory, Meathead. Wow. Uh, you and I did Chicago. That's the only Bound for Glory I've ever been to. I mm-hmm. think the main was Sting and Samoa Joe, and that was at the uh, uh, Sears Center yep. in Chicago, Illinois. Absolutely it was. Well, Meathead, thank you for joining us here. We're going to be getting Dave Hero on the line here in a moment to talk more about TLC. And we also are going to talk about the big party coming to Bourbon Street. Now, let me be clear. There is not another wrestling event occurring during WrestleMania weekend on Bourbon Street. The only one on Bourbon Street will be the shenanigans party hosted by Kevin Nash. And it is, uh, wow, wait till you hear what we have in store for you folks. If you thought Orlando was off the chain, off the hook. If you thought San Jose was off the chain, off the hook. If you thought Dallas was off the chain, off the hook. By the way, all three sold out well in advance of the event. Wait till you hear what we have in store for you <coughs> on frickin' Bourbon Street uh, for WrestleMania weekend. It will, it's going, it, this event could be the end of us, Meathead. <laughs> well, it's probably going to be the end of the corporate uh, Amex. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, well, after the hedonism situation, that, that, that's that been canceled. We now have a prepaid debit card that, that uh, we travel <laughs> with. debit that you load at the grocery store. <laughs> yes, yes. At, no, 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 at the check-cashing place. <laughs> Oh, we don't have those up here, uh, Damien. We we don't have those in my area. It's a sign of the neighborhood. Um, (laughs) But uh, thanks for joining me, Ted. You guys are going to be back with more reaction shows. Explain everybody again when they can find those shows and what you do on them right here on Blog Talk Radio. Well, first off, PWR Now Network. I mean, all the stuff that we're putting together. But uh, WCW Monday uh, Nitro reactions. And it's not just Monday Nitro we're doing. We just uh, reviewed uh, Super Brawl from uh, 97 as well. So, we pretend we just kind of throw ourselves into Memorial Day 96 when Hall and Ash showed up in WCW, and we've reviewed every Nitro, every pay-per-view, every, um, uh, what were the ones that were on TBS? I can't think of the name the of them Clash right of now. Champions. Clash of the Champions. In, yep, in order, too, right? Uh, yeah, sequentially. So 
for taking you along as if it were happening there. Uh, we're going to update our, you know, the music, I don't know if you knew this, Damien, is to pretend like we're in 1996. I'm getting a little tired of hearing, you know, it's a little Dr. Dre, a little Tupac, California Love. Yeah. So we might have to update that a little bit too. But uh, yeah, join us every Monday night, 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock Eastern. We're doing it live. And uh, we're talking about WCW Monday Nitro. And that hits your feed right here as well in podcast form from the Pro Wrestling Report along with Primetime Live. And you guys are also live. You and Matt Head. <laughs> you and Matthew are live like you were this past Sunday after TLC, taking live calls from the audience members who watch the show live reaction. After each pay-per-view yeah. event, you guys will be doing that again for Survivor Series, not Bound for Glory, correct? Uh, no Bound for Glory, folks. I apologize. <laughs> All right, I, I don't know how else to put it. You want me to say it straight. I'm not watching Bottle for Glory. <laughs> Meathead, thank you very much for joining us here. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. And when we come back, folks, David Harrell joins us to talk more about the week in professional wrestling, including the big main events from WWE TLC. PWR Primetime Live continues here live now on Blog Talk Radio. Collar and elbow bouts usually began as a contest of balance. The opening position or stance featured the hand and arm positioning which gave the wrestling style its name. Contestants faced one another, each placing one hand on his adversary's shoulder and gripping his adversary's forearm with his other hand. This establishes the opening box, prevents bull-like rushes or throat grabs, minimizes disadvantages in height or arm's reach, and prevents deft footwork. Here, the champion squares off with the challenger. Each holds the stance until his opponent forces or permits him to break. Welcome back, fans, to the Pro Wrestling Report Prime Time Live. We're on the final leg of our journey here tonight. I want to thank you for joining us wherever you are all over the world. I am now joined by the one, the only, in his own mind, David Octavius of Tiberius, the alleged backyard, one-time, knockout, straight-edge, hardcore, Hall of Famer hero. David, how the hell are you here on a Wednesday? Hey, man, I am great. We had a great night at SmackDown last night. And I expect more shenanigans for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> we were indeed live at SmackDown in Milwaukee last night. Um, it was. Uh, what did you? What was your takeaway from the live event experience? I don't think we've been to a Raw or SmackDown show in a very long time, and I'm not sure. I'm certain since the um, Superstar Shakeup a couple of months back. What was your take on the overall two-hour presentation from a live event perspective last night? They run a lot of commercials. On SmackDown. Yeah. You know? And it's like, they hurry up, they get you out there, then they make you wait. Right. So, I mean, I get it, it's a TV show and you gotta pay the bills, but I think that at times hurts the flow of the show. And um, I thought it was interesting how the live SmackDown didn't have Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling or Ginger Mahal wrestling or even nope. Kevin Owens wrestling. Nope. Three of their biggest quote-unquote stars right now. Well, I mean, when you have Randy Orton and Sami Zayn in the main event, everyone else will pale in comparison. So I think they were being strategic. Well, with the amount of skin color Sami Zayn got, he compels in comparison to a lot of people. Right 
Uh, we talked about the invasion angle from SmackDown to Raw earlier in the broadcast. Uh, covered that uh, with Matthew Thomas, uh, so we won't go there again. But overall, uh, your 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 live event impression of Jinder Mahal, the champion, over on the SmackDown side. He didn't wrestle, but we did get to see his presence and see the promo that he cut. What what was your live event uh, perspective on seeing Jinder Mahal in the flesh, if you will? Jinder Mahal's a star. He carries himself like when he has the expensive suits. He's got the good towel around his head. He's got the championship belt. He's got the two young boys at each arm. Oh, I mean, I don't think it's a towel, and they're not young boys. Well, you know what I mean. It's, it, 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 it's a great presentation. <laughs> Speaking of presentations, that was SmackDown Live this past Tuesday night in Milwaukee. I think they announced Raw's coming back in March. Is that what I heard? Yeah, March 4th, I believe. March 4th, so we'll be part of the road to WrestleMania. And speaking of WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania has a very, very large event in it that has been made part of WrestleMania weekend each and every year for the last several years. And it's back. David, are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? I have been teasing it all night. Well, now it's time for all the details. On Shenanigans, hosted by Kevin Nash. As you know, it's the party event of WrestleMania weekend. It sells out every year, and uh, it is attended by stars and dignitaries from all forms of entertainment. And the joy of that is you can be a part of it too, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we know WrestleMania is going to be in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We know that the Hall of Fame and NXT... And Raw and SmackDown are all going to be in New Orleans at the Smoothie King Arena. Right across the street from the That's Superdome. a very weird gimmicky name, Smoothie King. Smoothie King is a big thing down there, David Hero. Actually, when I lived in New Orleans, I was I was at a Smoothie King as much as people go to Starbucks uh, in, in most places. Because it's, well, it's a big we've thing We've been to New Orleans there. a couple times now, right? We have. And but we've never been to, I've never been to Smoothie King. Well, they don't have any in the uh, in the uh, French Quarter area, so that's so, the, the, so it's not a strip club. Oh well, it could be in some places, but not. Uh... Because I mean, that's what I think of when I hear the name Smoothie King. I'm sure you do, but let me get back to my publication here. My publication, my promotion here, if you will. So you got the Superdome, you got Smoothie King Arena, and you've got obviously the greatness that will be WrestleCon, which is at the Sugar Mill. So. That's in the warehouse district, the Sugar Mill. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor is going to be at the UNO Lakefront Arena, which is actually uh, just outside of the city of New Orleans. It's not far away. It's only about 10 minutes away, but it's it's not in in the area that I'm about to talk about. Neither is the Superdome or the Smoothie King Center. They're all outside of the French Quarter. So really, David Hero, there are no wrestling events occurring in the French Quarter, and on Bourbon Street as part of WrestleMania weekend. Until now. Until now. Shenanigans will be occurring on Bourbon Street. On Bourbon Street in the heart of all the action in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. Literally on Bourbon Street. If you've been to New Orleans, you know what I'm saying. We're not on Canal. We're not on Esplanade. We are on Bourbon Street. And not only are we on Bourbon Street, David Hero, but shenanigans will be occurring on Bourbon Street in a multi-level facility with a balcony 
where you, as attendees, will be able to throw beads onto Bourbon Street. And you do so, know what happens when you throw beads, right? Yeah, I do. You get to see some breastuses. Well, and you can hit in the eye if you're lucky. <laughs> well, it depends on how big they are. <laughs> but well, folks, brother, let me tell you something. Shenanigans, really, I mean, if you think about it, <clears throat> we've been to New York, we've been to Miami, we've been to San Jose, we've been to Atlanta, we've been to uh, Dallas, Orlando. Nothing says shenanigans like Bourbon Street. Oh, God, no, nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, this is, okay, Orlando last year was off the hook. San Jose, Dallas, as you said, David Hero, New York, uh, all of them have been off the hook. Atlanta. Dallas, we got it, we, we had to close down early. We were over capacity. Absolutely. That is not going to be the case this year. And, again, I want to stress the importance of this. The only wrestling event during WrestleMania weekend on Bourbon Street is the shenanigans party hosted by Kevin Nash. We're going to be at the Bourbon Cowboy, is the name of the venue. It's a tremendous bar, tremendous facility. And we have the entire bar rented out for this event. Here's the kicker, though, David Hero, because that's all happened before. This year at Shenanigans, all night long, from when the party starts at 11 o'clock p.m. to when it ends at 2 a.m. And by the way, that's a soft ending because guess what? The bar doesn't close. Um, your ticket price, your admission ticket, will include all you can drink all night long. Unlimited drinks, including hurricanes, as part of your admission to shenanigans on Bourbon Street. That's dangerous. Oh, it's, well, Bourbon Street's dangerous. I think, actually, this is going to be a little less dangerous because it's more of a controlled environment, if you will. <laughs> there are VIP tickets available, which gets you that access to the balcony, gets you access to Kevin Nash, gets you access to the private VIP area, including snacks and food and drinks. All of that as part of your admission ticket two shenanigans on bourbon street drinks included unlimited drinks all night long there is no upgrade no different ticket you need to buy you don't have to pull a penny out of your pocket once you enter the door at the bourbon cowboy in new orleans on bourbon street for shenanigans everything is included all night long david hero it's going to be ridiculous it really is it's going to be stupid crazy it's going to be bourbon street there's going to be all you can drink hot women big sexy Huh. <laughs> Amongst I'm, other surprises. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of nervous about this one. You know what? It's it's going to be just fine. <clears throat> a wise man once said to me, "It'll be fine," and it's going to be fine. Uh, you know, this fun. this event has a tremendous reputation. We want to thank everybody who's attended in the past. As a matter of fact, if you have attended a shenanigans party in the past, you will be the first to get the opportunity to purchase tickets for the event. And as a matter of fact, we are running a sale, an early bird special, 20% <clears throat> off tickets. If you purchase if you purchase when you get that email notification, which will be happening in the next uh, little while here, probably tonight, maybe, maybe tomorrow, but you'll get the first opportunity to purchase these tickets. VIP tickets are limited. Overall tickets for the event are limited as well. And remember, I'm not exaggerating or lying to you or marketing to you when I tell you Last year in Orlando, we had to turn people away at the door. In Dallas, we had to turn people away at the door. In San Jose, we had to turn people away at the door. Don't be that person. Get your tickets as soon as you can 
for shenanigans on Bourbon Street coming to WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. It's going to be fantastic, if not tremendous. All the information available actually right now at PWRShow.com. PWRShow.com. You can also get information about our WrestleMania suite and sexy. We've got a suite in the Superdome, David Hero. WrestleMania Watch it from a VIP luxury suite. That event is almost sold out already, and tickets haven't even gone on sale yet. So not only can you get tickets before they go on sale to the general public, you don't have to go through all that Ticketmaster crap of trying to get good seats, because we've got your suite seats already ready for you, and you can order them right now at pwrshow.com. Again, that's pwrshow.com. Head over to the website, click on one of the buttons on the top of the page. You can either buy your WrestleMania tickets or buy your shenanigans tickets right now. Do not wait. WrestleMania and the Pro Wrestling Report and Big Sexy Kevin Nash. It's the only way to do that big weekend. With that in mind, David Hero, um, was that a good enough pitch? Is that okay? Is that acceptable? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Okay, I mean, good, good. I read from the script on that one, brother. I didn't know that, that all that stuff was booked yet. Well, you know, it, we've been very, very busy here in the home office, David Hero, and uh, we've gotten uh, contracts in hand, tickets on sale, Ready for the attendees. That's, that's the only part that we we need to fill in the blanks on. But be that as it may, we're going to be joined here by Al Snow in just a few minutes. And we're going to be talking about the remainder of the matches from TLC this past Sunday on the WWE Network. And, David, earlier we talked about the challenges that WWE is having with three of their stars, at least admittedly three of their stars, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas, who are out right now with a viral infection, specifically the mumps. And it was the, that, that that led us to the point where they had to do some substantial changes to the card at TLC, i.e. taking out Roman Reigns, again, part of the big Shield reunion that still really hasn't happened as far as an in-ring match goes because Roman wasn't part of it on Sunday, replacing him with a returning to the ring Kurt Angle, also taking Bray Wyatt out of the matchup with Finn Balor, putting AJ Styles in. We got greatness from that. As a promoter, as a booker, how the heck can you react to something like this? And did WWE do the right thing with this event? Or did they have any other options? What would happen if your locker room were overcome with an infection of some sort and your top talents couldn't perform on a big event and you find out three days before? Well, that's a nightmare. But when you have a guy like AJ Styles to step in for Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor, which I think is actually a better match because, let's be honest, I think the fans have seen enough Finn Balor or the demon against um, Bray, Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. And I was not looking forward the, to that match at all. And then when you get the returning Kurt Angle, that trumps everybody. Because people have wanted to see him back in the ring since he's been in the Hall of Fame, and they got it. And they got it basically for free, if you think about it, because it wasn't promoted. There was no emotional investment. So they kind of gave that away. Yeah. I mean, when you have a Kurt Angle and you have an AJ Styles as your backup plans, you're you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But also, uh, you saw the return of Kane as part of this whole scenario as well. He came back, I think it was last Monday on Raw, and then he would play a more substantial role in the matchup than even I thought he would. Uh, but we, from what we understand, again, we talked about it earlier in the broadcast here, that WWE is going to be out of this, uh, out of this situation with the mumps uh, very, very soon, if not already, by next week. So, David, do you think the Shield continues beyond this point? Because the whole reason for them coming back was the match at TLC, and uh, that, well, that was 
that didn't it didn't happen. So now what? Now what do you do with the shield and Roman Reigns? Well, there's unfinished business. You know, there's a lot of unfinished business. So you can still come back with that with Roman Reigns and, you know, back with the shield and they can still because Roman Reigns and uh, Ambrose and Rollins, they haven't gotten their heat back. Kurt Angle got the win. Right. So Ambrose and Rain, Ambrose and Rollins didn't beat anybody. You know, for the most part, they got bounced around like tetherballs the entire match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's going to well, be interesting of it, though, is, is, is how they turned Braun Strowman babyface, which was inevitable. There's no doubt. But now you got Braun Strowman out of that equation. So now he goes off to a program with Kane. Um, which still leaves Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Miz for The Shield. So let's talk about that, and we'll talk about uh, more about Kurt Angle with Al Snow when he joins us in a few moments here. But Kane's attack on Braun Strowman and then the entire team's attack on Braun Strowman, putting him in the, gar- the Eric Bischoff garbage truck, and, uh, and, and, and you know we haven't seen Braun sh- since, and they indicated on Monday that it might be a long time till we see Braun. Was, was that surprising to you? Did you expect to see that happen in that matchup and Kane to be the person to start it? No, I wish they wouldn't have because I don't think Strowman... I mean, Strowman's getting the babyface pop right now because he's going up against Roman Reigns, the guy that the fans don't really care about. Yeah. But now you're going to put him in there as a babyface against heels that don't get nearly the reaction that Roman Reigns gets. That's right. So, it's, so you, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting dynamic to see what happens now with Braun Strowman, since he's not going up against somebody as polarizing as Roman Reigns. So you think when Braun comes back, he's he's back fast tracked into a program with Kane, and he is a fan favorite at that point. Oh, there's no doubt. So as no a doubt. fan favorite, who's his father? Who does he go against as a good guy? Who? Well, it'll be Kane to start off with. Yeah. You know, and then, um, boy, it's going to be hard. There's got to be maybe eventually Bray Wyatt. Really? Oh, there's, some history, there's some history there. History a lot of fans may have forgotten because remember when Braun first came in, he was in the Wyatt family. Yes, he was. Interesting. Huh. And then who? Do you put him up against a Brock Lesnar? Do you put him up against a... I'm trying to find more heels. I mean, you've got well. I'm trying That's to find the more problem. heels. There aren't that many strong heels. When your when your top heel on Raw is the Miz, and he's a cowardly heel, you don't want to see Braun Strowman in the Miz. Yeah. Yep. Well, now, maybe now here's now here's what you're gonna have to do. Right now, you're building towards the Survivor Series. You uh-huh. know, brand and, versus brand. And let's not forget, Samoa Joe hasn't been seen in a while. There you go. Good. You always bring back Samoa Joe to a hot angle with uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Well, before we get Al Snow on the phone here, David Hero, uh, let's talk about an event that you have coming up, working with one of your dear close personal friends in December in Milwaukee. Yeah, Saturday, December 2nd, it is the House of Hardcore number 36, Blizzard Brawl, the homecoming. And it's called Homecoming because Austin Aries from Waukesha returns his very first Blizzard Brawl, his very first time wrestling in Waukesha, is going to be having his very first match with, with us 
And then, of course, the lovely, talented former Divas champion Candice Michelle, who's from Milwaukee, is going to be having her last wrestling match against Victoria. Also, oh, wow. this, yeah, Tara. Um, Abyss is going to be there, Carlito, um, MVP, Little Guido, Hornswoggle, of course, Tommy Dreamer, um, Al Snow and Hornswoggle are going to be tag teaming together against the Spirit Squad. So it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of shenanigans. Go to houseofhardcore.net. Milwaukee Land for Blizzard Brawl, House of Hardcore. Wow, it sounds like a great show coming to Milwaukee December 2nd. Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. It is also a uh, it is also an event that um, you have had uh, going on for a number of years up there, David Hero. And it's also an event where uh, you have been embarrassed from time to time at Blizzard Brawl. Well, I don't know if I'd say I was embarrassed. I'd call it a minor setback. But, um, I mean, we did pack the house for, you know... It, quite a while there and if, if my memory serves me right you were the guy calling the lights last well time. ladies and gentlemen we've got al snow with us here now on the pro wrestling report prime time live uncle al how are you this week sir hello and how to do damien nelson uh you, how 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 they how they do how to do I'm, I'm not familiar with that language what language is that uh, it's good old American English. <laughs> Al, thank you very much for joining us here live on PWR Primetime Live on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. And Al, wanted to get your perspective on a couple of things. We've been talking about WWE TLC, which was uh, live from the WWE Network last Sunday, where we saw Kurt Angle make his return to WWE in-ring action for the first time in 11 years. And a lot of people have been questioning how Kurt could just sort of turn that switch back on and hop back into a wrestling ring on such short notice because it was about three days before that this whole mumps outbreak on the Raw roster occurred and they had to shuffle the card up a little bit. You have worked with, you know Kurt Angle, um, and I think that one of the things a lot of people don't understand is just how much of a mechanical machine that man is. And he is seemingly always in shape, seemingly always ready to step in and step up. But give us your perspective on from what you know about Kurt Angle uh, and what uh, had to go through his, his mind and his body, realizing he was going to be stepping back into that ring for the first time in a long time. Now, it's been 11 years for a WWE ring, but he's obviously wrestled uh, more recently than that. Well, you know, you said it best. I mean, he's, uh, and it's not seemingly. He is always in uh, an impeccable shape and impeccable conditioning and, and true ring conditioning. Not just, uh, not just uh, he's not all show. He is all go. And um, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal, highly trained athlete. So, you know, for a guy like Kurt Angle who has kept himself in ring condition, it's not that hard or that much of a stretch for him to be able to step right back in and be able to perform at that level. I think the, you know, age-wise, um, it, uh, it plays a factor for all of us. You know, he's probably going to feel the effects a lot more uh, the day after than what he would typically for um, a couple of reasons. One, uh, just the age. You know, he just it, it hurts a lot more uh, as you get older. It takes a lot longer to recover. Um, and two, when you're not doing it on a regular basis, when you're not night after night uh, performing, your body starts to not be conditioned 
to taking that abuse. You, it, you know, you almost your uh, your pain tolerance rises, and you almost develop like a callus over yeah. your body that allows you to, to withstand that type of abuse on a regular basis and then just get up the next day and just keep moving. Um, when you do it infrequently, that next day it, 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 it has a far greater toll than what it would normally. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, Kurt, Kurt's whole career, he's always been able to adapt and to uh, step up and to excel uh, well beyond everyone's expectations. And, uh, you know, this past Sunday was no different for him. You've seen Kurt over the years. You've worked with Kurt. You, 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 uh, you've probably seen some stuff. Well, you've obviously seen stuff that we haven't seen. But what is your – give me one of those moments that you can think about where Kurt Angle surprised and impressed and, and delivered even more so than you thought he could. Uh, there was a match in Madison Square Garden. Um, I forget who he was wrestling. Um, and he was knocked uh, pretty much unconscious uh, out on his feet for uh, a good probably eight to ten minutes of the final part of the match. Was that when um, he took the, the he took the pedigree on the table or something like that? Perhaps he went through the announce table. Yeah, and he he was he went through the whole rest of the match on autopilot, completely unconscious, uh, and wasn't even aware that he was unconscious until and they brought him backstage and revived him and he didn't even remember the last 10 minutes of the match um, wow that's amazing just yeah just incredible that uh that's usually how most of damien's nights end up <laughs> no, no just, just my tuesday nights um <laughs> or new orleans you know. <laughs> right by the way i was speaking yeah. of new orleans before you uh, joined us here we were talking about uh shenanigans uh which you were oh, yeah. a part of for a number of years well you don't even know this yet we, we can share the news with you that we shared with the audience just a few minutes ago shenanigans is going to be on bourbon street with a balcony this year al Oh, with a balcony. With a balcony. Well, we had some rooftops on on the balconies down there and uh, on Bourbon Street, haven't we, Damien? I mean, you know what we, you, you know what we did absolutely last time WrestleMania was in town. But here was the thing, though, Al. We had to find a place yeah. that had a balcony to get to the balcony to go on the balcony if there was room on the balcony. At Shenanigans, sure. we've got our own balcony this year, <laughs> and this I'm not talking uh, like uh, a, a patio or a porch. This thing wraps around the entire building, uh, right on Bourbon Street. So it's going to be. A tremendous night. Oh yeah, Dave, are you so? Yeah. What are you doing back there? I'm just, <clears throat> I'm packing for shenanigans. To be honest with you, <laughs> oh, it sounded like you were building the house. <laughs> well, I mean, what could go wrong on a balcony in New Orleans, Al? Right? I don't know. I mean, you could find more people to invite back to the Fortress of Solitude. I guess. You know. <laughs> 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 oh lordy um so al kane kane uh also made his return to wwe last week and he was a part of this matchup and in the matchup at tlc ended up being the per first person to, to go after and take out braun Strowman. um kane also up there in in years as you referred to age earlier but he too now he truly hadn't been in a ring in 11 months um Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even put that together. It was 11 months for Kane, 11 years for Kurt Angle. Um, yeah. He had, truly hadn't been in a ring in 11 months. But Kane also is is Kane underrated as far as his abilities and his uh, his his presence as a performer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, 
Including, are you including uh, Isaac Yankum DDS in that? Uh, yeah, I'm including that too. I mean, he, you know, it, everybody was, you know, right, let's face it, everybody's been saddled with, you know, uh, clinkers of uh, uh, characters <laughs> and things that aren't really who they really are, um, especially years ago. Um, you know, but then when he was he was uh, Big Daddy Cool, I mean, he, he actually, you know, made that work. He made it get over. Yeah. And then... Yeah. When he was given, you know, the cane uh, gimmick, um, he took the ball and he ran with it. And, you know, the, the length of time that he's been able to stay in the place that he's been able to stay is a testament to, to his talent. And and he's, I think he's really underrated as far as his athletic ability is concerned for a, a really, truly big guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize how big he actually is. I mean, he is a massive human being. Oh, he is enormous. He's a he's a he's a Clydesdale. He really is. You know, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn's like a horse. You know, Billy Gunn's like a quarter horse. I mean, he's that's a not, he's a big guy, and and yeah. Kane's like a Clydesdale. I mean, he is not only is he tall, but he is thick and and a massive individual. Yeah. Um, well, and hey, Damien, you, I'm not sure if you knew this. Al and Kane were tag team champions in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah, we were the dynamic duo. I did not know that. Nah, you learn something new every day. <laughs> I try. <laughs> it's one of my goals. Of How life, did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, thank you for joining us, talking a little bit about and giving us more insight into uh, some of those other performers from TLC. One thing I want to ask you before we go, though, is so Kurt Angle gets an opportunity to get back into a WWE ring, and David, you and I had speculated for a while that that might be a challenge uh, because of um, um, well, because of a number of issues. But Daniel Bryan actually made a point on Twitter uh, at some point over the weekend to say, well, WWE told Kurt Angle he would never step back in the ring, yet now he has. Does that mean there's a chance for me? And we know that Daniel Bryan, we know that Daniel Bryan has been chomping at the bit to get back into a wrestling ring, and we think we don't necessarily know for a fact, but we think that he's essentially being held hostage, finishing out his contract with WWE, and they won't let him wrestle. But does does this change things, Al Snow, from their perspective as it possibly pertains to Daniel Bryan, based off of what you know? I highly doubt it. Uh, Daniel Bryan, even years ago, had a propensity for contention. Uh, and especially with our growing knowledge about just exactly what the effects of concussions are um, and, his, and the fact that once you suffer them, you're more likely or easily able to suffer more, um, I find it highly unlikely that they are going to allow him uh, to participate in the ring and take a risk of him, you know, um, injuring himself uh, for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, or possibly even ending his life. I mean, that, that, that's, you know, the one thing that that, that really surprises me um, is, in, in, and still in this day, and, you know, the, the level of sophistication of our audience continues to grow exponentially. Uh, and as a result, uh, you know, we as performers in, in professional wrestling, we need to up our game as far as our level of sophistication and our performance. 
But what really surprises me is that in spite of that level of sophistication, again, growing exponentially, the, that even the wrestlers themselves don't have an appreciation for the true legitimate physical risk that is uh, placed on each other every time they step foot in that ring and the potential that is there and does exist uh, on all levels of professional wrestling for either a life-altering or or life-ending, uh, you know, injury that yeah. could take place at any any time, at any yep. moment, yep. you know, in that ring. Uh, even the simplest of moves can result in tragic, tragic consequences. So even to, you know, speculate, oh, well, they got, you know, they let Kurt Angle back in there. Well, Kurt Angle, you know. Uh, you know, has not been uh, marked as having a problem with, you know, concussion syndrome. Um, right. You know, um, and Daniel Bryan has. So to even speculate that, you know, uh, that WWE would be so cold and callous as to allow him to be, you know, back into the ring, uh, no matter how much he wants to do it, um, you know, it would be absurd. I mean, it would be taking such a terrible risk of, uh, of his life that I, I just can't... I, Personally, unless maybe there's, you know, maybe he's in a much better state than what I know, because this is all just speculation on my part. I don't, I've never read the medical reports or anything, but I've right. heard what I've heard. Um, uh, I could not imagine that, that in good conscience that anybody would ever let him back in the ring. Yeah. You know. And, and, and as no matter the company, it's, it's, it, it, that company has to be responsible because they're going to be responsible, right? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I disagree. You're a grown. You're a grown adult. Nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying get in the ring. Um, you know, uh, you should bear a, 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 a large portion of the culpability in whether or not you get in that ring or not. Mm-hmm. You get in that ring. You've made that decision. Nobody came up to you and twisted your arm and put a gun to your head and said either get in the ring or I'm going to pull a trigger and shoot you in the head. Um, so where does where does Daniel Bryan's responsibility come in? You know. Yeah. Um, I do agree yeah. that, you know, I think that it's, it's unconscionable that if, if a company were to be aware of, of a performer's situation, that they would allow a performer to get in the ring right. or facilitate. Yeah. But I certainly think that the performer themselves should be held accountable for their own actions. I don't know where, we, you know, we've decided that, uh, you know, nobody has to be held accountable anymore for their own, their own personal culpability. Uh, I kind of a weird situation that we now have in society. Everybody can do whatever they want and not be held accountable. It's everybody else's fault. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I, there is no argument there at all. And as a matter of fact, that's a great place to leave this show. Uh, Al, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Al, what, what do you got going on this weekend? I understand you're going to be appearing somewhere. I'll be in uh, Baltimore, Maryland this weekend. Um, Big swerve there, uh, I, because I I have my own issues as far as concussion syndrome um, that I deal with. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, this was a doozy. Um, and um, and then you know collarandelbowbrand.com. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com and help support and love professional wrestling. Show it, live it, wear it. Join the join the brand. And speaking of Kurt Angle, I recently saw a picture of him wearing some of that collar and elbow gear. Yes, he did, and I'm very grateful that he that he has. And there's so many other guys: Kevin Nash, Chavo Guerrero, ODB. Uh, you know, there's just a plethora of, of professional wrestlers that are you know 
they're wearing the gear. Robbie E, even though, you know, he doesn't really fill the shirt out very well. Um, so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Al Snow. And if you're in the Baltimore area, check out Al this weekend. David Hero, thank you very much for joining. Matthew, Meathead, all who joined us here today, thank you for being a part of the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. We'll be live again with you next Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. Remember, tickets for WrestleMania, tickets for shenanigans on Bourbon Street, available right now at pwrshow.com. So long, everybody.